Welcome to Eastern Carolina Farming. Hello, farmers and friends. I'm Dan Miller. Busy day here on the Farm Show. We'll catch up with Extension Agent Martha Mobley about a farm boot camp coming up in the Lewisburg area. And we'll talk with Michelle Granger, the Executive Director of the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission, for a post-harvest check-in. And as always, Jeff Turner and I peruse the ag headlines of the week that might be affecting you. Our program is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be ENC. Joining me as always, the COO of Murphy Family Ventures. Hello, Jeff Turner. Hey, Dan, good Monday to you. Hope you had a good weekend. I did have a good weekend, although every time I try to get a little work done on the weekend, Mother Nature is, uh, well, she reminds me it's January. I don't have anything to gripe about because it is January, so when it's 45 degrees and a little brisk out there, that's what I got to expect. That's a good day to stay in. <laughs> no, I got, got work. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand, but I, I got to tell you, we've had some cool ones, and it, it's, you know, the temperatures have been pretty good, but... That north wind makes it a little tough. You know, it's rained. Uh, we had a couple of rainy weekends, a couple of rainy days here and there. It's been pretty evenly spaced. We did get a pretty whaling rain last week. Yep, we had a couple of those last week, early in the week and then midweek. And eventually the sap will begin to rise and it will dry out again, I hope. Rowan County is an emu that has now tested positive for high-path avian influenza. Positive sample identified by NCDA Veterinary Clinic in Raleigh. Elsewhere, a flock of 27,000 turkeys in Buena Vista County, Iowa, confirmed positive. Of course, had the Johnston County, Wayne County with the HPIA back uh, almost, I guess, the latter part of spring last year. And then single flocks in Carteret, Wake, Durham, and Union County that have turned up. According to State Chief Veterinarian Mike Martin, he says, look, we have a high resident bird population, a migratory fowl. Unfortunate, but it is not surprising. Well, I hope it's not the new norm. It's always been there, and it's been isolated, but it, it appears for the last 12 months or so it's more more prevalent. You it, know, we have the density situation. 30 years, we didn't have nearly the amount of poultry that we have today. So you're going to have more instances if you've got more opportunity, and, and I think that's a lot of what this is about. I, the other thing, the side of that is these egg prices, a lot of that is being driven by the fact that we do have avian influenza and it's affecting laying hens just like it does a broiler or a turkey or an emu. It, it makes you appreciate and understand modern agriculture even more if all of these birds were on the ground and all the eggs were still, you know, the old-fashioned way, oh my goodness, there wouldn't be no eggs. I'm thinking maybe save a uh, save an egg and uh, color a North Carolina sweet potato for Easter. That's a, there you go. Sounds like a good plan to me because we've got lots of potatoes also. Absolutely. Sweet potatoes. Farmers in middle America, this could be a problem. They had logistical issues with the Mississippi River this past year, and now any farmer who's gone out and got a 4 by 8 sheet of uh, diamond plate would know steel prices are crazy right now. Tom Toretti is the director for Consolidated Grain in the Barge Company of the same name. He said that now a new barge on the Mississippi River, a million dollars, to use one of your phrases, Jeff, that just doesn't pencil for them. They're not going to get any new barges in the upcoming year. Not going to put a pinch on the Mississippi traffic now, but it may down the road. You know, we're all facing this huge inflation pressure, regardless of whether it's steel or wood products, labor, fuel. We face it every day, and it's only getting worse. I think the slowdown is going to come because it's going to be imposed upon us. You're right. If it doesn't pencil, why do it? 
Here's one I read in the last week that I actually gave a thumbs up to. American Farm Bureau campaigning for the farmer has got an agreement of understanding with John Deere. I don't know if you saw the headline on this, but the idea is right to repair. And John Deere basically says farmers in independent repair shops can repair all but the most technical portions of the new John Deere machinery. Basically, you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement before you get into the nuts and bolts of the whole affair. That's a good thing. You know, Senator Jackson uh, led an effort in North Carolina legislatively to fix this. Again, you know, you, you go and buy a $200,000 piece of equipment, you utilize that equipment for a while, it's out of warranty, and you want to take it in the shop and do the work yourself or have one of your mechanics do the work, and you are not allowed to do that. So this is a this is a great win, I, I think, for farmers in general that allows them to do their own work or use their local shop to make uh, to make repairs. That would have been a non a non starter for me, and it was for a lot of farmers. And that's why some of the uh, pre computerized farm machinery has been selling at record high levels over the last twelve months. That, of course, and availability of the new green. That's correct. Jeff Henry Hinton's taking talk of the town to the Southern Farm Show, and I hope you're going to be there with him Wednesday morning for his program seven to nine. I certainly plan to be there. I'm looking forward to it. Hang on, Jeff and everybody. Michelle Granger, the executive director of the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission, comes our way next on Eastern Carolina Farming. Good deal. Our program is brought to you in part by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC, North Carolina's official business development and marketing program for agriculture. More than agriculture, it's got to be NC. This is Eastern Carolina Farming and Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I'm Dan Miller along with Jeff Turner. We welcome the Executive Director of the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission. Always a pleasure to talk to Michelle Granger. How is the Sweet Potato Queen? I hope you're doing well and I hope we had a really good crop this past year. Can you tell us about it? We had a great crop, more than what I think anyone expected and particularly with the weather that we had, the Potatoes that we harvested were more jumbos than we've ever probably had a, in at least quite some time. In beautiful shapes, though, the, and I have heard more of our growers say that they have been some of the naturally sweetest sweet potatoes that they have had in some of them for their lives. And they have eaten more sweet potatoes of their own than they have in, in many seasons just because they are so darn good. Got a wooden bowl of sweet potatoes in the kitchen. I can confirm, super sweet. North Carolina is the number one sweet potato producing state in the nation, and that makes us a big exporter. I know that's something that you've been working on. What are the export initiatives, and where do our spuds go? North Carolina exports currently to about 34 countries around the globe. We are the largest exporting state in the U.S. Our largest market out of all the countries that we export to is to Europe. The very first country that we ever exported to was the UK, and that is still our single largest importer of North Carolina-grown sweet potatoes. That said, we've got competition. Many of uh, other countries have woken up to the fact that Europeans love a sweet potato, and they have started growing harvesting and exporting their own sweet potatoes to other countries. So new challenges arise as we work to further differentiate the superiority of the North Carolina sweet potato, and that starts with the education of the consumer and letting them know 
just how important our crop is to us and therefore how much care we take in producing it from research all the way through harvest and storage and exporting. So your point basically is it's not just a sweet potato because otherwise it's a dollar versus dollar situation. So if other producers around the world get in cheaper, they're theoretically liable to take some of our market unless we are well-branded. A hundred percent. We are now turning to do just that, is to brand and educate consumers on why they should seek out that North Carolina sweet potato, why they should demand it from the retailer if it's not there, and why they should be comfortable with the price point being a bit different. So how was pricing? Unfortunately for our growers, pricing has not kept up with all the other inflation costs. Now, the converse to that, consumers can get one heck of a bargain. It is a superfood that has incredible shelf stability if stored properly and has tremendous versatility as well as all the nutritional benefits. So the consumers are winning on what the price per pound is for a sweet potato today, but our growers need some help. They absolutely need to see some return on all of the input costs that they have invested in that crop. Well, you had the National Sweet Potato Convention like a week or so ago in Wilmington, and that, among other things, what would you hear from growers? I for sure heard, Michelle, we got to do something about these prices. But I also heard that there is still a lot of passion and commitment to producing the best sweet potatoes available on the globe. We had the National Convention, which North Carolina was proud to host this year, but we had representatives from all the major growing states around the nation, as well as researchers from around the globe. We have about six different countries represented in our participants. What can we see going forward when you talk about researchers, initiatives, and any hybrids that are coming along that are sweeter, better, more disease-resistant? There is a tremendous amount of research taking place right now on disease resistance as well as pest resistance. Our neighbors across the way over in Europe have very stringent regulations on how crops can be produced that are exported from U.S. states over to their countries. And so the less that we can mitigate by chemical application and have tackled with genetics, the more beneficial it's going to be, not only for the grower because their input costs are going to be down, but our export market will further open up to us because we will have differentiated ourselves through that research. There's also research that's really exciting coming along for varieties that are being created specifically for French fries. A sweet potato French fry is amazing, but it's amazing when it's freshly hot right out of that fryer and it doesn't hold that texture and and consistency like a white potato would. This new variety that's being formatted and formulated, rather, is going to do just that. It, it's going to go head-to-head with a white potato french fry and given the nutritional benefits, we hope over time excel what sales are in white potato french fries. Outreach is something that you guys have, especially since the Granger administration has taken over, you've done a great job with. Tell us some of the initiatives that you've got coming up that you're focusing on? We just wrapped up uh, this year's Farm Her event, which we celebrate the women in our industry, but we do so by allowing them to celebrate and support other women across the state who are either uninsured or underinsured and fighting breast cancer. So we partnered with an organization called Pretty in Pink Foundation. 
And this year's effort, we were able to raise $12,100 for Pretty in Pink, which we're very proud of. As you drive through eastern North Carolina after they've gone through and and dug potatoes and picked up those potatoes that I, I guess are graded in the field, there are so many excess potatoes left. Is there not a way to take those during harvest as well and do something with them, or is it there's just too many on the market? What could we do? Well, I think all of us in ag hate to see food waste because we know how hard it was to create that food and fiber. And there is research happening now, revenue models that are being created, what we call value-add models, where we can take some of that excess and create new entirely different products. So, for example, pet food is really starting to come on strong utilizing sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are equally as good for your, your pets as they are for us. Part of the problem to date has been it costs so much to harvest those sweet potatoes. And if you know you don't have a home for a particular shape or physical characteristic looking of that sweet potato, then you're going to save the money of the cost of the harvesting, sorting, storing, and leave it in the field. Well, now we have so many motivated individuals that are super smart with mission-driven hearts. They're looking for other opportunities, and they're coming along. I think we're going to see more and more, uh, hopefully, sooner than, than not for consumers. And, and the fresh sweet potato itself, I think we're going to see a lot more opportunity in the coming years. Yeah, Jeff and I talked with uh, Bobby Ham what, I, what, about 45 days ago, Jeff? And his model was absolutely no waste. And he shared with us uh, several things that I just couldn't believe making slurry and protein, or not the protein, but the starch and whatnot was being used in many different ways. I don't think that most people realize that on a lot of our soups that we buy, canned soups, that sweet potato syrup and other extracts are being used as a natural sweetener and a thickener. Michelle Granger, anything you uh, want to share we haven't asked? You know I always have something. Starting February 1st, we are going to be celebrating National Sweet Potato Month. Visit our website at ncsweetpotatoes.com for hundreds of recipes that cover from breakfast to cocktails. And as part of National Sweet Potato Month, we will really be pushing a change.org petition asking the AP Style Guide to recognize that scientifically speaking, (laughs) sweet potato is spelled as one word and not two. And by getting signatures on this change.org petition, we will ultimately be able to petition all of those digital dictionaries, Webster's, Google, Apple, Microsoft, you name it, so that when you type sweet potato, and you type it as one word because you know it's the correct way to spell it, it's not going to give you those red squiggly lines. And if you happen to type it as two words, it's going to give you those red squiggly lines. Because if you use sweet potato as two words and not one, you're now using an adjective, sweet, to describe a white potato. Potato, not a yam. That's absolute. Yams and sweet potatoes are two entirely different varieties. Matter of fact, North Carolina does not grow any yams. Michelle Granger is the executive director of the North Carolina Sweet Potato Commission and a friend of the program. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Michelle. We thank you all for everything that you do for North Carolina agriculture. 
Oh yeah, we're talking farming. This is Talk 96.3 and 103.7's Dan Miller on Eastern Carolina Farming. Joined by Martha Mobley, who is an extension agent in Franklin County. She's producing a small farmer's boot camp. Absolutely. And this is coming up and it actually starts Thursday. And it will be a five-week series and with different topics every day. And I can go over those with you in a few minutes. But it is mainly for, you know, anybody just interested in farming in general. or They don't know how to take the first step. They bought this piece of property and what do I do with it? Or they might have just started wanting to grow something different. Let's say like cut flowers or something like that. And they want to know how can they sell at a farmer's market? Where are their markets available for this produce or meat or cut flowers or whatever? How can they sell it and be profitable? They just need some help, just some guidance. And, you know, one of the best things for farmers is other farmers. So it's a great networking opportunity as well. Absolutely. And everybody can just register online and pay online. They're just basically paying for a wonderful dinner meal that night, and then we're providing all of this other information. Uh, So they will be able to network with a lot of other uh, farmers and then a lot with these marketing uh, groups, uh, businesses that distribute uh, local food. We have a new food hub in the area that's looking for wholesale produce. So we'll be making those connections. But it starts on February 2nd at 4 o'clock, and then we should conclude uh, these evenings after dinner around 7, getting started with local food production, and then also soil health. Also is our little trade show that you can meet with these different agencies. I think we have about 10 different groups that will be there, and they can network and say, let me help you market this product and find the best avenue for that. Uh, then the second night, which is February 9th, is on vegetable production and also with season extension, such as high tunnel greenhouses. The third night is uh, February 16th, and that's on uh, tree fruit production and small fruit production, such as blackberries, blueberries, strawberries. On February 23rd is post-harvest handling and food safety and developing a business plan. And the last session is farm record keeping. We're going to have a a CPA come in and talk about QuickBooks and a new program called WAVE for keeping records. Give us your contact information. If we are interested, we can get up with you. It's Martha underscore Mobley, M-O-B-L-E-Y at ncsu.edu, and my phone number is 919-496-3344. Martha Mobley is an extension agent in Franklin County, North Carolina, welcomes everybody to the class, the Small Farm Boot Camp. If you head into one of your favorite dealers to grab parts this week, grab yourself a copy of the Southern Farm Show edition of Farmer's Connection magazine. Farmer's Connection is a color newsprint magazine with listings of new and used inventory at local dealers. And when you find something you need, you won't have to pay a ton to get it shipped because it's right here in our area. Grab a copy of the Farmer's Connection, available at almost any independent farm equipment dealer in North and South Carolina and Southern Virginia. 
This is Eastern Carolina Farming on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Number two yellow shelled corn was steady, three to ten cents lower when compared to the prior week. Prices range mostly 716 to 792 at the feed mills, 716 to 767 at the elevators through Thursday, January the 26th. Number one yellow soybeans were 17 to 26 cents lower, 1518 to 1573 at the processors, mostly 1479 to 1523 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was steady, maybe three quarters of a cent lower at range 659 to 732 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants range 51980 to 53710 per ton for 46.5 to 48% protein. New crop prices quoted for harvest delivery for the upcoming season. Corn delivery ranged 596 to 724 and wheat was 606 to 758. North Carolina sweet potatoes 2022 season shipping FOB. 40-pound cartons, orange types, U.S. number ones, 14 to 17, and petites were 10 to 13, some as high as 15. Livestock futures all per hundred weight. Lean hogs were off a dollar ninety-five last week to end the week at seventy-five eighty-seven. April lean hogs up seventy-three cents to eighty-six forty-five. March feeder cattle up two dollars and fifty cents to one eighty-three forty-seven. April feeder cattle up a dollar seventy-eight to one eighty-seven fifty-five. February live cattle up ten cents to one fifty six seventy two, and April live cattle up ninety cents to one sixty eighty two to end the week. That's this week's Eastern Carolina farming. If you miss a show, play the podcast on demand at ecfarming.com. There you'll also find links to our sponsors: Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Eastern Carolina Farming is a production of Interbanks Media. Support the show. Call Hank Hinton at 252-355-1037. For Jeff Turner and myself, Dan Miller, see you at the Farm Show on Wednesday, and have a great week.